and also from the book of Acts chapter 2. Matthew chapter 16 and Acts chapter 2. Matthew chapter 16 beginning at verse 13. The scripture says, When Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. From the book of Acts, the second chapter, we're going to see where these keys were first pulled out of the pocket and inserted into the door of salvation. Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Somebody give him praise for the word of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. And I want to preach to you this morning on this subject, the master keys to the kingdom. The master keys to the kingdom. Could we just lift our voice one more time in prayer over the remainder of this service and ask the blessing of God upon everything we say and do. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing already in this place. Have your way, O oh God. Have your way, O oh God. I pray in Jesus' name that your word would go forth. Be a quickening power. Lord, I pray it will plant itself in our hearts that we may live and thrive and move and have our being. In you, O oh God, we thank you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Amen. One of the great accounts of the scripture is found in the book of Daniel. When Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king and and really emperor of the of the Babylonian empire had had a dream this dream was troubling to him he actually at first could not recall the dream one of the miracles of this of this exchange was that not only did Daniel give him the interpretation of the dream but Daniel explained to him what the dream was to begin with 
This was a very amazing miracle. As Daniel began to describe the dream that Nebuchadnezzar could not remember, it began to come back to Nebuchadnezzar's memory. In this dream, Nebuchadnezzar, who was bent on world dominance, he was the notorious evil villain who wanted to take over the world. And there were several who followed after him that were just the same. They, they took over whole portions of the then known world and made it their own. And they began to rule and reign. And King Nebuchadnezzar was no different. He wanted to rule. He wanted to reign. He wanted to be seen as the only potentate. But in this dream, he saw a statue that had a golden head, silver shoulders, a belly as brass, had iron legs and had feet that were, that were made of iron and clay. And this image stood for a while, but then there was, off in the distance, a rock that was hewn out of a mountain without hands. And it began to tumble toward this image in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And that rock struck the image and brought the image down and actually replaced the image. And in doing so, the rock began to fill the whole earth. Nebuchadnezzar did not know what this mean, meant, and Daniel explained to him what it meant. He said that, that image that, that you had, that original statue, it was a head of gold. That head of gold is your empire. He said, but then there is going to be a day and a time when your empire will crumble and fall. It will be overtaken by another empire, a subsequent empire. That will be like a silver empire. It will be less in value. And then there will be an, another empire. This empire will be of brass and then iron and then iron and clay. He was not referring to less in value in terms of material gain. But he was speaking in terms of less in value as far as moral purity. Each kingdom was going to become more depraved and more, more problematic to the world. Until finally it would reach the feet where it would be of iron and clay. And he said, but then there's another kingdom that will be established. And this kingdom is typified in your vision by the rock that will come down from the mountain, hewn out without hands. That is a kingdom that you can't control. Nebuchadnezzar, of course, reacted to this dream in the moment with great excitement because he appreciated the interpretation. However, as time would, 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 would pass, he would have a very very bad reaction to it. This is actually when he built a golden statue from head to toe. It was golden. That was his way of telling Daniel, telling God, telling anybody else who wanted to know that my kingdom will never be replaced. And of course, it was. It was replaced just as Daniel prophesied that it would be, just as God illustrated in the vision he gave to Nebuchadnezzar that it would be. This rock whose glory filled the earth is a reflection of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. There is a kingdom that exists beyond the kingdoms of this world. It is of greater power. It is of a far superior set of ordinances and divine order. You and I seek to be part of this kingdom. This is not man's kingdom. Many times man has grabbed a hold of 
that kingdom. Tried to impose man's thoughts and feelings and conjecture upon that kingdom only to mess it up. It's interesting, some of the the words that start with man. Manipulate. Manage. Maneuver. There's so many different ways man gets involved. Man, you facture. Trying to get a hold of, of the things of God and put man's spin on it. Put man's religious feelings on it. And cause it to become something that God never intended it to be. This kingdom is not a kingdom that is built by men's hands. This kingdom that I'm talking about is not a kingdom that can be brought down by man or built up by man. It is built by the hand of Almighty God. Hallelujah. I want to tell you just a couple things about this kingdom that we know from the scriptures. We know that this kingdom is not meat and drink. But that this kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We understand that if you will seek first this kingdom and the righteousness of God, that everything you need will be added unto you. Everything you need, if you need clothing, if you need food, if you need shelter, if you need friends, whatever you need, don't try to go and get those things on your own. But the scripture teaches you to seek first this kingdom and the righteousness of God and all the things that you need shall be added unto you. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus of course, we know, brought that kingdom. John the Baptist was the forerunner to Jesus Christ. He expressed to the people this, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This kingdom of heaven is coming to the earth. Now, you got to understand, the kingdom of heaven has always been in operation. But the earth had departed from the original plan of God. You see glimpses of how the kingdom of heaven operates in the original chapters of the book of Genesis where Adam walked with God and talked with God in the cool of the day and enjoyed sweet fellowship and communion with God and had been given the earth as a gift from God. He inherited it from his father and had dominion over the earth. And could not die. There was no death present in that beginning. Man departed from that. Walked into a law of sin and death. Walked into a world of desperation and condemnation. Sin and disobedience. And so the kingdom of heaven operated. But it operated somewhere beyond and outside of this earth. But what John the Baptist was preaching was that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is coming back. God is going to establish what Adam gave away. God is determined to make sure people receive what Adam was willing to part with. Dominion over the circumstances that come against your life. 
living forever, everlasting joy, everlasting life. This is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus began to explain it at the Sermon on the Mount when he said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. See, this kingdom is different than the kingdom of this world. You go into the kingdom of this world and they're going to tell you how to, how to cut throats and how to get ahead and how to step on people to get higher. Jesus said just the opposite. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the meek. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. They didn't understand. They said, who is the greatest among us? He said, don't judge greatness the way the Gentiles or those who don't know God judge greatness because the Gentiles lord over people and make people subservient to them and they believe that this makes them great but I tell you that the greatest among you is the servant of all and they were all wondering when they came together who would wash the other person's feet because I'm not doing it because I if I do it then that makes me look like somehow I'm lower than them. So I've got to wait for them to start washing feet because I'm going to be the big dog in this room. And Jesus said, give me the towel. The man who walked on water washed their feet. The man who raised the dead washed their feet. The man who multiplied loaves and fishes washed their feet. Because in this kingdom, it operates differently than the kingdoms of this world. He that is greatest among you is servant of all. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. See, son, I want to just explain something to you, and then I'm going to move on. Servanthood is the majesty of God. Servanthood is the glory of God. Somebody said that, that, that we sometimes think that Jesus was a servant for three and a half years, and then he stopped being a servant, and he, he ascended on high, and now he's king over all. And he is. He is the king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. But he never stopped being a servant. Service is his glory. Service is his majesty. Yes, he's king, but his throne is submission and service to the ones that you love. You hear what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, if you don't think God's a servant, I want to just try a little something. If you don't think he's still operating as a servant, just call on him. Go ahead. Jesus. Oh, here he is. I feel him already. Jesus. He's as close as the mention of his name. He's still serving. He's still delivering. He's still healing. And you and I need to do the same. It's a different kingdom. It's a, it's a paradigm shift. You have been informed so many times by the carnal ways of this world. To think of yourself as something that you're not. God intends to see you as a person who has real dominion. Oh, hallelujah. So it's a place where wolves don't eat sheep. They lie down with the lamb. It's a place where there are streams in the desert. It's a place where the rose blossoms in the wilderness. It's a place where there are no thorns and there are no thistles. 
The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is a place where there is, there is no death and there is no crying and there is no sighing and there is no sorrow. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. There is a place where there is no more parting. Those that die in Jesus Christ will rise from the dead and live forevermore. This is not a fairy tale. This is not something that we tell each other to make ourselves feel good at a loved one's funeral. This is the gospel of the kingdom. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's why we say, don't you weep for me when I'm gone. I'm taking my rest in Jesus Christ. He's welcoming me into his paradise. I'll cease from my labors. I'll enter into his rest. And on that great getting up morning, when all the saints shall rise, when the roll is called up yonder, I will be there. I'm going to be there. So no, I'm not interested in the lusts of this flesh. And I'm not interested in the lusts of these eyes. And I'm not interested in the pride of this life. And I do not love money. Because all of that will fade away. And the kingdom. The everlasting kingdom. The kingdom will be established forever hallelujah don't buy into the lies of this world the bible says there's going to come a day when when the devil himself is burning in a lake of fire and the kings of this earth are going to look at him for the miserable entity that he is and say is this the one that we believe is this the one who lied to us is this the one Don't buy into the lies of this world. Hallelujah. This world's going to tell you that this is just old-fashioned preaching. This world's going to tell you that this is just something outdated and people don't really think this way anymore. Remember, there's a broad way that leads to destruction. You better get up on that narrow way. Even if there's a long line, get on the narrow way. Even if it's so narrow, you got to put your back against the wall. You better get on the narrow way. Even if it's so narrow, you got to get on your hands and knees and crawl sometimes you better get on the narrow way because the narrow way leads to life everlasting it is the kingdom of the most high God Jesus said I bring the kingdom to you they said well when are you going to overthrow Caesar he said you're missing the point They said, when are you going to tear down these these palaces? He said, you're missing the point. He said, well, when are you going to bring your armies in? He said, you're missing the point. The kingdom of God is within you. Oh, there's coming a day when the rock will strike the feet of that statue. And the whole thing, all the kingdoms of, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. All the kingdoms of this world will come crashing down. You hear what I'm telling you? Satan took Jesus to the mountain and said, I'll show you all the kingdoms of this world. 
And he looked out over the kingdoms of this world. He said, I'll give these to you if you fall down and worship me. Jesus was not interested in the kingdoms of this world. You want to know why? It's not because the money wasn't good. And it's not because it didn't appeal to the senses. And it's not because it wouldn't bring him high praise in that moment. It's because he understood that they're all coming down. And if you're tied into them, you're coming down with them. And that there is only one kingdom that will stand. And that kingdom is a rock. It's a rock. It's a rock. It's the rock of ages. And it'll cleft for me. And you can hide your soul in the rock Jesus said upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against hallelujah I gotta I gotta move along I gotta move along you see because Jesus died and was buried and he rose from the dead And then he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. Told his disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. Oh, hallelujah. And and, and then he ascended on high. They went to Jerusalem. They waited for the promise of the Father. They tarried for the promise of the Father. And the Bible says that when the day of Pentecost... Oh, hallelujah, was fully come. When the day of Pentecost was fully come. That didn't just mean once the day of Pentecost arrived. It meant when the day of Pentecost was fully come. When it was fulfilled. See, for generations they had celebrated the day of Pentecost, which was a celebration of when Moses received the law into his hands from God on Mount Sinai. Shavuot, Pentecost as we would call it, 50 days after the Passover. But on this day, it was more than a commemoration. On this day of Acts 2 and 1, it was more than just a ceremony to memorialize a great event between God Moses and Israel on this day what that meant back then was going to be fulfilled in them it wasn't just going to be a law inscribed on tablets of stone and it wasn't just going to be put in the hands of a man to try to tell everybody else how to live but it was going to be the law of God inscribed upon the hearts inscribed upon the minds inscribed in the soul and in the spirit And you wouldn't just keep them with your hands and hold them with your hands. But that law would be in your feet. And that law would be in your hands. And that law would be in your mind. And it would be a love for your neighbor. And it would be a peace that passes understanding. And it would be a joy even in the midst of a sorrow. And it would be a hope when hopelessness is all around you. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, when it was fulfilled, when it wasn't a ritual any longer, but it was an experience, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, 
and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There were devout Jews from all around who heard the noise coming down from the upper room. The old song said there was a crowd gathered round from all over town. They came to see what it was all about. There was a sound that came down from the upper room where the Holy Ghost was being poured out. It sounded just like the roar of a mighty wind and it fell on every one of them. And the wind that blew at Pentecost, praise God, it's blowing again. They came to see what God was doing. They walked in, they saw folks staggering around, speaking in tongues, and they thought it sounded like just, you know, just sounded like nonsense. And they said, oh, I know what this is. They're drunk. But then there were others standing there who were very educated and spoke multiple languages. And were listening, said they're not drunk. They're speaking the language wherein I was born. I know exactly what they're saying. They're glorifying God and giving Him praise in a language they don't know. And then they said, what does this mean? The crowd that said, these men are full of new wine. Peter looked at them and said, these men are not drunk as you suppose. The crowd that said, what does this mean? Peter looked at them and said, this is that. Which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. And all my servants and all my handmaidens will I pour out my spirit in those days. And they too shall prophesy. That's what this is. That's why in 2019, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you're going to talk in tongues. And you don't... And you don't have to worry about doing it. You just give him all the praise. You just give him all the glory. You just give him all the honor. And there's going to come a point in that praise where your tongue no longer gives him the praise he's worthy of. Because you can call him great, but he's greater than great. And you can call him wonderful, but he's more wonderful than wonderful. And you can call him awesome, but awesome doesn't just quite cut it. And so God says, I tell you what, how about you give me your tongue and let me praise me using you as my vessel. They spoke in tongues, and Peter began to preach Jesus. He came to the conclusion of his message, and he said, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that this same Jesus, which you have crucified, God has made him both Lord and Christ. Now, 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 when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Because what we understand is that we're guilty of sin. We understand that there's no hope for us. We understand we're guilty of the death of Jesus Christ. We understand that we have blood on our hands. And they said, what shall we do? Because we're looking at a locked door. How do we enter into mercy? How do we enter into divine favor? How do we enter into this kingdom you're describing? How do we move into a place called salvation and rest for your weary soul? Because the door is locked and everybody we know is searching like we're searching. And then Peter said, I know the door is locked. But I remember a day when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? 
And they were saying, well, some say you're Jeremiah, and some say you're John the Baptist, and some say you're Elijah, and some say you're one of the prophets. But then Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what everybody else says he is. It matters who do you say that he is. It doesn't matter what Hollywood says he is, or what National Geographic says he is, or the Discovery Channel says he is, or, or what your grandmother said he is. Who do you say that he is? And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said that's it that's it that's it Simon I'm changing your name to Peter to Petra you are a little rock and upon this massive rock of revelation I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and I have given unto you the keys he handed those keys off to Peter and Peter stood holding on to the keys He put them in his pocket, knowing that when the door was set before him, put the key in the door and walk on in. The same door that Adam shut tight behind him, that was locked, barred, and and, and had an angel with a flaming sword turned every which direction. When you walk up to that door, Peter, put this key in that door and watch the door open. So when these people were saying, men and brethren, what shall we do? Because the door is locked and we are shut out and we are guilty. Peter said, I got the keys. And these are the keys. Repent. Uh, And I'm going to just tell you what repentance is. Repentance is turning around. Turning away from your sin. In the Australian army when they're marching and they want the soldiers to turn about face and walk in the opposite direction. They command them, repent. Because repentance simply means turning around and walking in the opposite direction. This is what John the Baptist was trying to shout to people. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. He wasn't just some old preacher on the banks of the Jordan telling everybody that they're sinners. Some kind of an old ogre who doesn't get modern times. He was telling them, there is a kingdom waiting for you. And if you want to get in that kingdom, you got to put the key in the door. Repent. Peter said, repent. And he said, that's not the only key. Be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. The only saving name of Jesus Christ. When you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you are baptized into Jesus Christ. You are baptized into his blamelessness. You are baptized into his innocence. You are baptized into his divine favor. You are baptized into the fact that he is qualified to go to heaven and you're not. You hear me? I don't care how good you are. I don't care how many people you walked across the street this week. Doesn't matter how much you gave to whatever mission you gave it to. Doesn't matter how many people you fed. It doesn't matter how good you are. Your best goodness is as filthy rags in the sight of a holy God. What matters is, are you in Christ? 
are you in Jesus Christ? You've got to be baptized into his name, into his person, into his nature, into his innocence. So that when you stand before God, listen, when you stand before God, all the good you did will not get you into that kingdom. But what will get you into that kingdom is being covered. Covered by the blood of Jesus. I thank you all. You were so sweet moments ago and Bishop Buller said such kind words and you all gave me a standing ovation and that was so kind and so sweet of you. But I want you to understand something. I'm under no illusion. There's not going to be any standing ovation for me at the judgment seat. Nobody's going to be standing up clapping about how good I was because my best goodness falls short of the glory of God. The only goodness, the only goodness that will be recognized is the goodness of Jesus Christ. The goodness of Jesus Christ. The goodness of Jesus Christ. And if I want to be welcomed into the kingdom, I've got to be in Him. Hallelujah. I've got to be in Him. And if I in him then there's going to be a standing ovation well done thou good and faithful servant and here's the promise I shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost my God have mercy the Holy Ghost is going to live inside of me the same spirit that moved upon the face of the water And prepared the earth for the word to come forth. The breath of God is going to live inside of me. And it will raise my body from the dead. Oh, I want you to hear what I'm telling you. It's going to raise my body from the dead. Hallelujah. It's down in my bones. I said it's down in my bones. It's in my head to my foot. It's all over me. And it's keeping me alive. And if I get in a car accident today and I enter into paradise, I've got the Holy Ghost down deep inside of me. It's in my bones. And when that last trumpet sounds, the Holy Ghost inside of me is going to respond to the sounding of the trumpet of God. And I will rise from the dead. This thing is for real. Hallelujah. 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 Can I preach just five more minutes? Can I just get five more minutes? Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you get into the kingdom, hallelujah. And Jesus told Nicodemus, said, I want to go. I want to go. Please let me go. And Jesus said, well, except a man be born of the water. That's baptism. And of the spirit. That's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. No man can enter into the kingdom of God. And so, 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 so here we are. We get into the kingdom. And a lot of people think, repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then I get in the kingdom and thank God. Man, I'm so glad I got here. Where's my lemonade at? Somebody go get me my somebody go get me my lawn chair. I want to go watch all these people do a work for God. And many people think it's like a free ticket. They're just going to get their ticket punched and go on to glory. And, 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 and that's not what the kingdom is about. The king, oh, I feel his presence. 
He said, preach this gospel of the kingdom. You know, he said, he said, publish this gospel of the kingdom. He saw the day, he saw this day where we weren't going to be able to walk into every house or hamlet. And he said, publish it. Put it online. Put it in book form. Get it on live stream. Publish it. Publish the kingdom of the, the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. Publish it. Proclaim it. Preach the gospel. Go ye therefore and preach and teach and baptize and command and heal and pray and rebuke and take authority and take dominion. And here we are, 2,000 years later, trying to push off of us all kinds of traditions of man, all kinds of false thinking and false teaching and heresy and doctrines of devils that have tried to stymie the work of God in his church we don't have to wait for the kingdom we're in the kingdom he's a healer now he's a deliverer now he's a savior now he's a mighty God now You hear what I'm telling you? Don't you wait for heaven to be at peace. You go ahead and say, I have peace right now. Don't you wait for glory to have joy. You say, I've got joy right now. I'm going I'm to be in the presence of the Lord. To live is Christ. To die is gain. This is a win-win situation. I'm going to thrive in the kingdom of God. See, because you get in this kingdom... And there are other doors. It's not just the front door. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. Some of y'all are in the lobby. Standing around waiting for the tour to start. He said, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. You need to go to the ballroom. You need to go to the conservatory. You need to go... Colonel Mustard in the conservatory with the candlestick. Come on. You got to get a clue. See what I'm saying? Pardon me. Lord help us. You got to walk around in the glory of God. The Bible talks about the door to the sheepfold. The Bible talks about the door of hope. Paul said, there is a door of utterance opened to me to speak the mysteries of God with all boldness. I know what he feels like because I'm not smart. I'm not intelligent. I'm not eloquent. I'm stage fright. And I say to God, God, what you're showing me is changing me, but put it in my mouth like the pen of a ready writer that I can speak the mysteries of God with all boldness. At one point, God told Paul that in Corinth, I have said before you an open door that is effectual. But there are many adversaries. So many people are like, anybody ever heard of new dimensions? New realms? New seasons? New glory? Paul said from glory to glory. Can I tell you that what Peter held on the day of Pentecost were the keys to the kingdom. But they're not just the keys to the kingdom. They're the master key to the kingdom. 
They open every door. You just take that same key, put it in the door of hope. It'll open up for you. You take that same key, put it in the door of utterance. It'll open for you. You take that same key, put it in the door of deliverance. It'll open for you. Take that same door, put it in the door of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom and the gift of faith and the working of miracles and the gifts of healing and the discernment of spirits. (laughs) Hallelujah. And it will open for you. Jesus said, I am the door to the sheepfold. And if somebody tries to climb up some other way, they are a thief and they are a robber. The reason people are trying to climb up some other way is because they don't know where the keys are. If you've got the keys to the house, you don't got to break a window open. If you got the keys to the house, you don't have to bust down the door. You just put the key in the lock. And walk on in. What are you saying? What are you saying, Pastor? This is what I'm saying. If you need to operate in a new season of God's favor, and you can tell, I need to, I'm I'm drying up. I know I got the Holy Ghost. I know I've been baptized in Jesus' name. I know I repented of my sins, but I feel like I'm drying up. I'm getting stagnant. Here's what you do you repent again. And you remain immersed in the name of Jesus. See, when we baptize people in Jesus' name, we put them down in the water and we bring them up. We don't keep them down long, I promise you. It's like a tenth of a second. We just, we, now I did that kind of long there. We put them down in the water. Doesn't happen like that. We put them down and bring them up. So no worries. In Jesus' name, when they come up out of the water, they rise to walk in newness of life. But the old man stays in the water. (laughs) But, But you stay immersed in Jesus. You don't, you don't come out of the water and say, thank you, Jesus, for washing away my sin. Now I'm going to put my faith in everything that's not you. Your faith remains in Jesus. You remain immersed in him. That's why he said, if you abide in me, not just be baptized. Be baptized in Jesus' name. But then you've got to abide in Christ. And when the giant comes onto the valley of Elah, you don't come against him with sword and spear. You come against him in the name. In the name. Oh, I wish I could preach it like I feel it. I'm going to preach it like I feel it. Because the Bible says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. The Bible said, Hallelujah, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. The Bible says, We sit together in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. The Hallelujah. The Bible says, The promise of God in Christ are yea and amen. The Bible said, Hallelujah, that in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and we are complete in Christ you got to keep repenting every day 
You've got to remain walking away, turning away. You can't repent at this altar and then go walk into the arms of Delilah tomorrow. You've got to repent every single day. Every temptation the enemy throws your way. Uh-uh. In Jesus' name, I'm walking away. I'm walking away. Here the enemy brings another tip. No, no, no. I'm walking away. What are you doing? I'm entering into another door of the kingdom. Do you know there are some prayers that are hindered because of your sin? I know nobody wants to hear it, but there are some prayers hindered because we have sin in us. And the Bible clearly teaches us to repent from our sins and then call upon the name of the Lord. When I tell you to repent of your sins and be baptized in Jesus' name and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, I'm not just giving you a punch card to heaven. I'm telling you this is the master key to the kingdom. Stirring up the gift of the Holy Ghost inside of you. You just take 30 minutes and start praying to God. You take take five minutes. My goodness. Take five minutes and get a hold of God and start praying and let that Holy Ghost reawaken inside of you and a new door is going to open up and a new dimension is going to open up. This is the kingdom we're talking about. It's world without end. It's glory to glory to glory. Brother Jerry uh, received the Holy Ghost Wednesday night and was baptized in Jesus' name. Let's give God praise for it. Hallelujah. I thank God for this, brother, because he loves God with all of his heart. And God has big plans for you. God has big plans for you. This is like the lobby. And there's so much waiting, so much room to explore, so much glory to get a hold of. The Holy Ghost is waiting to take him and you and me and all of us on a world tour of his power and his glory and his miracles and the victory that's in his name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands to God right now and say, Lord, I want it. I want the kingdom. Give me the kingdom. I want the kingdom. I want the kingdom. You say, I've never prayed like that. You need to start because this is what the Bible says. It is the Father's good pleasure to give unto His children the kingdom. All of it. Hallelujah. Come on, I want somebody who feels the chains of this world trying to wrap around you. I want you to stand with your feet right now. Stand to your feet right now. Our musicians can come. Go ahead, stand to your feet right now. Because you are a child of God. And you are not to be in those chains of bondage. Hallelujah. Come on, you are not supposed to be in those chains of bondage. Woo, Hallelujah. You say, I don't know what to do. Yes, you do. Repent. Ah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel it. We're on something right now. We're on something right now because some of you are up against something and you don't know what to do with it. And I've come to tell you exactly what to do with it. Repent. You say, I repented 40 years ago. You should have repented 40 minutes ago when I first mentioned the word. Hallelujah. 
be baptized in Jesus' name. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. You need to be immersed every day of your life. I'm not talking about jumping back in the tank. I'm talking about saying, God, wash me again. Cover me again. And you might ask, well, why? Why? Why is that? Why do I have to do that? Because you are still in a mortal body. Paul called it the body of this death. And as long as you're in this mortal body, you're going to have to stay tuned into God. Because this mortal, in order to step into the fullness of the kingdom, must put on immortality. Hallelujah. I wonder what would happen if every one of us believed God's a healer. What if every one of us believed God wants to heal? I wonder how, how different the world would be if all of us were praying for a revival to come to it. I wonder, I wonder what kind of revival that would come to Cincinnati if every one of us every day were pounding on the door of heaven saying, God, pour out your spirit upon the city of Cincinnati. Think about this. If every one of your prayers were answered that you prayed this week, how many people would be saved? How many people would be healed? Uh, we, you know what the problem is in our world? The problem is not our world. The problem is that the people who are in the kingdom don't know enough about the kingdom. We're in the kingdom of God. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I want believers to come right now. You can call yourself a believer because you, because you, you, you were baptized and you got the Holy Ghost. And you get, no, no, no. You're a believer if you believe. That's what makes a person a believer. Do you believe? I want believers to come right now. Believers that he's a healer. Believers that he's a miracle working God. Believers that the Holy Ghost is here for today. Believers that he's going to do a mighty work in your family. Believers. Come on believers. That's it in the name of Jesus. Let's come forward and say Lord the day of Pentecost has fully come. It is here right now. I don't have to wait for it. It is here among us. Hallelujah. The power of the Holy Ghost is in this place. The power of the Holy Ghost is in this place. Woo. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, you got the keys. You already got the keys. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Come on, you already got the keys. You don't need, you don't need another key. You got the master key. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Come on, I want you to bring every chain the enemy is trying to put around your mind and around your life right now. That's it, talk in tongues. That's it, talk in tongues. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Let the Holy Ghost pour out of you right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, the devil needs to recognize you are a child of God. You are a child of the Most High King of all kings. We're not here to play games. We're here to have victory.
We're here to step into the glory of the King. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. He is the King of glory. across this house they're all across this house the power of God yes the power of God in the name of Jesus Come on, come on, come on. 